Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Big Footy podcast in preliminary final week. And obviously this pleases people like Seppo, whose teams are in the finals. Good evening, Seppo. Uh, good evening, and is it enjoyable to still be playing footy? <laughs> uh, less pleased, but uh, still pleased with his season, I imagine. Uh, welcome, Mike, for the first time in a few weeks. Yeah, thanks there, Wookie. But, jeez, I tell you what, Seppo, for someone who seems playing in the, in the preliminary trial, you'd expect to be a little bit more excited and upbeat about it, wouldn't you? God, you sound like a wet bloody sock, mate. What's going on? No. Are you resigned Are you resigned to Fremantle losing, are you? Come no, on. I, I am quietly confident, but I'm not spruiking our chances too <laughs> much. Just putting a lid on it, unlike, say, a Richmond fan would. <laughs> Guys, uh, what have been your... Well, I, th- I think there's a fair bit. I, I don't think we're going to do highlights this week because I think they're fairly obvious for most people. Uh, Mike, um, uh, Bob Murphy's captain of the All-Australian team. Captain Bob, that's right, and... Uh... Who else? Eastern Wood and um, Jake String in the package. That's right. So fairly. Well, actually, while we're on the topic of this Australian team, a couple of omissions there that you know, that people think were sort of you know a bit harsh. But I think overall, look, the balance was there. I think it was a reasonable team, and maybe there was questions over Ewald. But other than that, I think it was pretty good. I think I've questioned the All Australian team ever since they left Pavlidge out of the two thousand. <laughs> 12 side. I've never had faith in them. I just had to Google who's on the uh, committee. And with guys like Gil McLaughlin, Kevin Bartlett, Luke Darcy, Mark Evans goes all right, but uh, Denny Frawley, Glenn Jackovich, Cameron Ling, Matthew Richardson and Warren Treadway, you can see how they make absolute shocking decisions every single year. And I reckon they put these type of Muppets on the selection panel just so it creates common. Um, controversy and we're talking about it for days after the event and this player missed out and but uh, nothing gets me more than um, probably Josh Kennedy from Sydney missing out now I'd even as a Freo supporter I'd happily take out Bundy from that side to put um, Kennedy in there but there's probably other players that like Gray and some others that probably don't need to be in there wait are you telling me Kennedy didn't get named in the All Australian team no yes. How is that even possible? I know. (laughs) Yeah, look, one has to ask, and, you know, it's all pretty subjective, and obviously the way... We don't know the way it's done, but obviously they sit around the table and sort of, you know, crap on about who's... or or look at numbers or stats. But, um, you know, stats don't don't always tell the complete picture, but it's one of those things that's always going to be subject to, you know, those looking at it and what their opinions are. It's pretty much like the rising star. You know, it's one person who makes a call based on watching a few games. So, yeah, it'll never be perfect. It'll never be good. And I don't think we should really read too much into it. Kennedy was named at full forward in the All-Australian side. Josh that's Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking about Sydney's Kennedy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sydney's Kennedy. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, yep. um, just the All-Australian side, just briefly, uh, Heath Shaw from GWS. I think GWS's first ever representative. <laughs> Although Jeremy Cameron was probably one of them. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Cameron was a bit stiff, actually. Mm-hmm. Alex Rance at fullback for the Tigers. Josh Gibson in the back pocket there. Easton Wood, Mike, at half-back. Uh, Michael Hurley, I'm a little bit iffy on, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Rob Murphy, obviously captain of the side. Dan Hanabury, no surprise there, named on the wing. Matthew Prittis, the reigning Brownlow medalist until next week. And uh, he's named in the centre. Andrew Gaff, uh, so a few West Coast guys there in the midfield. Chad Wingard at half forward, uh, no real surprise. Jack Rewalt at centre half forward. I can take or leave, really. Uh, Cyril Rioli, again, I'm not, I'm not sold on his All-Australian credentials. Rioli, but uh, he's there. Eddie Betts, deserving in the forward pocket, in my opinion. Josh Kennedy and Jake Stringer, Mike, uh, in the forward pocket there. Uh, Todd Goldstein in the first ruck position. No room for uh, Nick Nat. Uh, Which is odd. I think with uh, Goldstein named and Nat Nui not, there's a lot of talk out here saying that um, it's odd that they've gone with the Australian side with only one recognised ruckman, where every year they've had two, and it's funny that Nat knew he got an All-Australian last year. He probably des- didn't deserve it last year. Mm. And this year, he might deserve it, and they've left him out. So, figure maybe, that one out. Maybe it's like umpiring free kicks, and they've decided to even it out. 
Yeah. Uh, now, five names on the ball. Patrick Dangerfield, formerly of Adelaide, uh, is now um, yeah is named there in the midfield as well. On the interchange bench, Sam Mitchell, Brett Deledio, David Mundy, and Robbie Gray. As he said, they've only named one ruckman where they normally name two. They did specifically say this side was named to uh, as, as if it was going to play somebody. So whether they believe that an Australian side would only have one ruckman if it was playing somebody. And it's not even like they have a pinch-hitting forward that would go in the ruck because none of Josh Kennedy, Jack Rewalt, Hurley or Alex Rance, maybe Gidson as a third man up to give Goldstein a chop out, but it's ridiculous to suggest that mm. this would be an actual side that plays. Now, this is a, a little bit of a difference. Uh, the the coaches named their All-Australian side the night before, which is... I, I don't recall them doing. Um, so the coaches named uh, Eastern Wood. Rance, uh, Zach Tui somehow making it into the side there. Um, a little bit of a surprise. Cale Hooker, uh, the difference there. Bob Murphy still getting in. Jared McVeigh, uh, a little bit of a surprise packet. Goldstein still named as the ruck in the uh, in the coaches team. So perhaps some feeling that Nick Nat might not be the ruckman that they, we all think he is. I don't know. But uh, Dan Henry, Nat Fife. Uh, Prittis, Gaff, all named in there. Josh Kennedy from Sydney, the only difference in the midfield. Uh, Dangerfield, Stringer, Deledio, uh not being on the bench. Wingard, Josh Kennedy, and Jack Gunston getting named at centre-half forward for the uh, coaches. Uh, Pendlebury being captain, didn't even make the All-Australian side. And Bernie Vince uh, on the interchange, and Nick Nat being on the interchange there for the coaches. So, interesting. A couple of things to like about that. There's a couple of odd things. Like, really didn't think that Chad Wingard had a better year than Eddie Betts. And no. Probably some other names in. I like the fact they've gone Jack Gunston over probably someone like Jack Rewalt. And um, Bernie Vince, it's good to get someone like a tagger a run with. And Bernie Vince did a fantastic job this year. So, good to see someone like that. Now, looking from your point of view, I know Tui Pro had some best games his career for Carlton this year, but is he really a really good one-on-one small defender? Well, he's not bad, but I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's all Australian material. I think there were better players that were probably more deserving. I mean, congratulations to him for being named and everything. And he, you know, he's an okay player on his day. Well, he's a good player on his day, but I don't think he has enough good days to justify all Australian selection. The fact that the coaches—I don't know how many coaches actually voted on this—but um, yeah, there must be something that they all see to. Um, put him in there as a defender, so he must be a, obviously a great run with role and the oh, he's definitely, forwards in the comp. Definitely kicks goals as well. He's a long kick of the footy, so I mean, maybe they've seen something I haven't. Mm. Um, just moving on to uh, cloak and dagger news, Mike, and this concerns your club, obviously, and uh, the Western Bulldogs have uh, requested the AFL Integrity Unit have a look at um, some rumours that Adelaide were aware of the game plan and planned accordingly uh, of the Bulldogs on the weekend. What can you tell us about this? Well, the news reports or the allegations are is that uh, there were two uh, players, obviously, um, involved who are family members and there was an exchange of information at some point in time before the game. Um it has been alleged that uh, the player involved with the Western Bulldogs was a player who was not selected and was unhappy with his selection as uh, only being nominated as an emergency. And uh, for whatever reason, he decided he was going to divulge the information to uh, his relative. So um, how it all came about apparently was that um, there were some things that I, I think were pretty interesting in that uh, from a neutral perspective, Adelaide seemed to know where the Bulldogs were going to play and, and, and uh, the forward pressing, how that was going to work. But anyway, let, let's not speculate too much. But what happened was uh, it all came about on the weekend between the Crows and Hawthorne's game when uh, Cheney spilled the beans to Stratton and um, apparently along the line said that we we knew the good Bulldogs game plan before the game and... Uh, Threatens apparently said, well, hang on, something's not right here and uh, called beverage after the game. So there's been some allegations there where Scott Camparelli has flatly denied through the media of not knowing anything about it. And uh, on the flip side, Fagan has made uh, some rather obscure cloak and dagger comments to say that 
while we knew about it, we didn't use it to our advantage. So, you know, you've got your coach saying that they don't know anything about it, and then your CEO saying that, yeah, we knew about it, but we didn't use information. So make that what you will. But, you know, look, it's one of those other uh, things that will probably, no doubt, swept under the rug. Um, you know, I think the worst that can come out of it would be that if a player is found guilty, um, that they would be deregistered by the AFL, the worst case, but, you know... Is it, is it possible that this is just a case of Talia going, like, talking to his brother, just, I don't know, maybe having a whinge that he didn't make the side and just whinging about stuff and that getting back to the Crows? Well, yeah, look, it's probably that, and, you know, comments, obviously, and look, who knows? The point being, we never really get to know said, how it was said, mm. the context of the conversation but it seems to be that there is acknowledgement along the lines there that they knew the game plan. There was enough information there to understand the Bulldogs' tactics because otherwise, why would Cheney come out to say something with, to say something to straighten on uh, on game day? Mm. You know, if, if Cheney had uh, kept his mouth shut, we'd been under the wiser and no one would know anything about it, and you know, it, it would be. Uh, it would be kept uh, quiet, but um, you know, or it might have come out at some point later time. But so, but I wonder, will Talia be traded, Mike? Well, I don't think we. He's not a free agent, so we'd have to nominate for the draft. Um, I don't think we'd offer him a. We're not going to offer him a contract from the sounds of it. Um, Sydney were interested in Talia, but I think they've backed off now. So. Uh, obviously, for his reputation, it's it's a very bad thing on his um, on his report or his sheet to, to have that hanging over his head of you know know who which club would sort of want to take a gamble on a player who's possibly willing in uh, you know offloading club secrets or club plans. Um, what do they say loose lips sink ships. Loose lips sink ships. That's right. Yes. Um, so you know, I don't know. It's a hard one. Um, and oh, look, I don't know. Again, you know, there's there's lots of rumours going around, and it's just the nature of football and, and media and speculation. Is that one of the reasons why there was hesitation with with Carlisle was because of, because it was uh, alleged that there was some sort of difference or personality or clash between Taylor and Carlisle. Again, purely speculation, no basis for truth there, but they're the rumours that are flying around. So. Apparently now, all of a sudden, the Bulldogs are back in the hunt for uh, Carlisle. So, mm. yeah, very, 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 very interesting. Either it's a very well-orchestrated plan to get Carlisle the club, or, um, I don't know, it's just, it's really hard. This sort of stuff sort of takes away from the essence of what footy should be, you know, and, and just supporters being able to enjoy the game without having to second-guess the integrity of the game. This is the type of thing that everyone will be forgetting in a week's time, so it's um, forgive and forget, and I think we'll move on from this. I don't think anyone's going to make a real fuss about it, and I can't imagine integrity in it actually finding anything worth pinning on someone, so I think this will be all forgotten in a week's time. Yeah. Look, it'll probably be swept under the carpet. If anything, you know, Talia will get fined or a slap on the wrist. Um, but um, the AFL can't do anything. They're, you know, They're not going to go back and change anything at this point in time, they're not going to go and make any new rules and they're certainly not going to go and reverse any match results. So it just, they just have to do the best they can to make things go as smoothly as they can. And, uh, yeah, I think it's up to the club, obviously, to work out the discipline reaction in the play because of, you know, what might be involved in the play contracts in terms of confidentiality. And I guess we'll just wait and see what unfolds. Indeed. Moving along to trade news today, uh, guys, and um, Dangerfield has surprised absolutely nobody by announcing that uh, he is formally seeking to leave the club. That's not the second best keep, kept, second best kept AFL secret since Gary Ablett going to um, Gold Coast. <laughs> I think it's the done thing now where if you don't sign all year, you just leave at the end of the year. Mm. Well, no, exactly. Worst kept secret since Callum Ward and Tom Scully going to GWS. But I, I'm still not sure on the on the restricted free agent. Can the, the rumours or the comments there are Adelaide are potentially going to try to force him to go into the draft? Can they do yeah. that? Yeah, oh, I, well, I think it was all about them matching their because he's a restricted free agent matching their offer to force Dangerfield to go to the 
the, um, the draft trade period rather than free agency. So yeah. they can actually organise something a bit better because I think their current, based on what they're offering, they're only due the calculator, imaginary calculator seems to work out imaginary numbers. We'll only give them a pick, what, 15 or something. So I think they think he's worth more than that. I think quite rightly, if you have a look at what other players have gone for, um, and I think even what Melbourne were <laughs> going to offer Dangerfield last year, like at two first-round picks or something. So oh, I think in my mind he's worth more than just a late first-rounder. So they're obviously Adelaide want to play hardball after losing probably players like what Tippett got absolutely screwed for that. And who else left them? Some of us Bock or Gunston. There's a couple of players that have probably left the side that they want to play hardball and get the most out of. And fair enough, when you've got someone like Dangerfield, that's one of their best players, you expect them to get a, a fair deal. And I think if they get simply like pick 15 or six, 16, it's basically shoving a pineapple sideways. It's probably likely that I, I don't think Adelaide will let this go, let him go off easy. So I think they will match his offer or will, will match the offer from Geelong and they will force him. They'll force Which him to means... the, It might be the best pre-season draft ever. Yeah. <laughs> Leroy Jetta has uh, also told the Swans today he wants to be traded to WA. He's also a restricted free agent. Lots of players making demands this year. It's going to be a, a pretty big free trade period, I think. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting, that's for sure. GWS not budging on Cameron McCarthy, apparently. <laughs> We're keeping him whether he wants to stay or not, apparently. <laughs> Joining a long list of players looking for trades this year. Mm. There's also talk that Harley Bennell's due to... Uh, well, he's in WA at the moment. I think he's due to go away on a holiday, but there is talk that he's firming up as Freo as a likely... Uh, choice that he wants to go but apparently his family or people close to him don't want him in WA and think it's best for him to be in Melbourne so it's interesting a lot of uh, rumours and everything circulating around on the uh, couple of forums at the moment. Mm, so, according to the list that we have on the Bigfooty main board we've got Lockie Henderson requesting a trade no destination yet but believed to be aimed at Geelong. Uh, Jake Carlisle has requested a trade from Essendon the dogs are uh, into that at the moment, but so are a few others. Um, Jared Jansen, who nobody's ever heard of, is requesting a trade from Geelong to Queensland. Uh, Harley Bennell is going to be traded whether he wants to or not. And Charlie Dixon is requesting a trade from Gold Coast to Port Adelaide. Uh, Cam McCarthy's request from uh, GWS has been denied by the club. They'll force him to uh, the draft if he has to. I don't. Th- I think he's got another two years on his contract in any case. Adam Trelaw has requested a trade to Collingwood. Curly Hampton has requested a trade to Adelaide. Uh, he's under contract. Uh, Trelaw isn't. And just a quick look down that list, and I can't see anyone else requesting a trade officially. Officially requesting a trade, although there's plenty of rumours about others at the moment. Exactly. What are you? What are your thoughts on uh, Cruiser? Do you think he's going to stay or go? I uh, think he'll stay. To be honest, do you think there's any truth to the rumor that he's actually failed medicals at other clubs? No, there's no. That's turned him off. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. He's had no medicals at other clubs apparently. There was there was rumors for a couple of a couple of days that he had uh, medicals at Collingwood and other places, but I don't think he actually did. And he was in good form for the se- for most of the second half of the year, so didn't play like he had an injury. Didn't I'll have, have to any stick f- with him, or they'll be forced to play guys like Warnock. Well, <laughs> how, how Warnock isn't getting delisted is beyond me, to be honest. So that's uh, the latest in the trade news. Anything else you guys want to add before we move into the teams and things? Well, the interesting thing will be, um, as mentioned, with probably linked with the Trelaw trade, be interesting to see the first club and what criticism they get for trading future draft picks and what it means. So I think Collingwood may potentially look at being the first ones to trade a future draft pick to secure the services of Chalor. And I can imagine a side like Melbourne or Saints, you know, putting their hand up to get rid of uh, future draft picks to um, uh, royally screw up their um, future plans. But, yeah, you never know which way it goes and how it'll be looked on. It is an odd one, isn't it? Didn't think the Pies would be the first one. I thought Carlton would try that kind of yeah. crap first. <laughs> That's, that'd be us. <laughs> Just in minor news before we get to this week's teams, uh, Dogs and Pies have requested uh, a season opener, whether it's the season opener or just a game in the opening round. 
Uh, I'm not entirely sure, Mike. Uh, not sure either, but uh, please let it be season opener. Please let it be on a Friday night so we don't have to watch Carlton. <laughs> oh, I think it's half the reason why I'll probably get over the line. They say that you've got a Thursday night to be a, a, a Carlton Richmond or a Dogs and Pies. You think at the moment the AFL will probably go right, a bit more exciting with Dogs and Pies, so that might actually get the uh, done deal. I'm not sure if it'd feel the MCG like the uh, other game would to open a season, but no. certainly from a spectator viewing point, it's um, yeah, rather, rather much that. I think Carlton Richmond will get the Thursday night still, but uh, Dogs and Pies are a shot for the Friday night, as long mm. as it's not Good Friday. Um, Hawthorne and Geelong generally get the Monday, so a week a week of blockbuster, well, potential blockbuster games. I'm not sure how the Dogs and Pies will rate as a season opener, but we'll see. John Walsfold has expressed uh, a keen interest to coach Essendon, apparently after he left Adelaide during the week. Um interesting from him given he had what a nervous breakdown last time he was coaching so I wouldn't have thought he'd be ready to coach again but apparently he is well how long has he been out of the coaching gig for now as a head coach a year and a half two years yeah um half a dozen Hawthorne players are stranded at Tullamarine Airport after their plane their Virgin plane Virgin the sponsor of the AFL had some mechanical issues and couldn't fly them onto Perth I think they're in Perth now though so fun stuff for the Hawks ahead of their I pro-pro. find that quite funny that I actually know a uh, member of the Frio cheer squad here in Melbourne she's actually a part of the um, I think something linked to with the uh, the airport and um, I don't know if it's traffic control or something like that so I did laugh when I read that headline immediately thought of her and <laughs> did uh, stick, snicker at the thought that uh Something sinister going on, but you know, it's happened to Freo when they played Sydney. Their flight got delayed by a couple of hours and sat on the tarmac for three or four hours, so it's it's not good preparation. As Ross would say, it's not ideal. Speaking but I'm of... sure that those guys leaving early have um, allowed plenty of time to prepare for the game. Speaking of aircraft, though, uh, Freo fans and West Coast fans are expected to lay out $45 million to fly over to uh, Melbourne for the grand final, should they make it. Or even if they shouldn't, because you've got to book in advance, because the flights are all full. <laughs> uh, I find it funny that people have um, found that loophole that's been... Uh, I think someone picked it up in America a while ago, where you can actually uh, catch flights a lot cheaply by... If you just got carry-on, is actually by a long you know, flight with a stopover and just get off at your stopover spot. So never get back on, yeah. Perth, Perth to Auckland with a stopover in Melbourne was, say, $1,400, yet a direct flight to Melbourne was 1500 So you actually pay yeah. 100 less to go further distance and just get off early. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that there's any real point in complaining about the prices going up as they have. It's price and demand, um, supply and demand, rather. Um, you should see Adelaide when the, uh, uh, when the Clipsal 500's on. I know the hotel I manage, we double our prices during Clipsal for no reason other than we can. Well, that, that's business. And we're a rubbish hotel, so... <laughs> so <laughs> if we're doing it, everyone else is doing it too. <laughs> Don't worry. So, you're, not a budget, you're not a budget chain, are you? Come on. Well, no, we're just a budget hotel. We're not even in a chain. <laughs> we're not even good enough to be in a chain. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to this weekend's matches. And uh, Hawthorne and North Melbourne have both been told they can wear traditional guernseys, even though they're playing away games. Now, it's traditional with white shorts, as a disclaimer, because I got quite annoyed when I first saw that news, and oh, I thought, hang hold on, on Freo played on, Hawks on. in the uh, grand final, yet they decided that the purple and poo and pea colour tops were much of a clash, but hold up, hold up. to wear the first purple... Shut up, Seppo. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Messenger's just signed on, so I might see if he's going to join us for this... Oh, perfect timing. ...for this discussion. Uh, let's see. I didn't want to get I didn't want to get too carried away on it when I saw him sign in halfway through my uh, your um, comments. So didn't want to waste your valuable time. Let my hold my tirade against the Hawks. <laughs> Let Messenger hear it. Where is he? Let's let's where come on. Messenger sign in. Uh, can I just add him to the group? Why can't I invite the group call? There we go. Come on, mess. Sign in. Come on. 
is hiding. Oh, I've got him as green on my board, so he better freaking answer the phone. I may have been without hope. Ah, well. Worth a try. Well, it is, and we'll just leave that ring in and see if he picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> I expect to hear his outrage voice chip in at some point. All right, so we'll get back to the, the start of this. Um, where are we? North Melbourne, the poos and wheeze. That's right. So, North Melbourne... Um, all right, so on to this week's matches. And North Melbourne and Hawthorne have been given permission to wear their traditional guernseys even though they're playing away this week, they'll be wearing white shorts, apparently. Um, guys, how are we see well, this weekend? I think this is uh, quite funny that the AFL's allowed them to... Um, for Hawks, we obviously get away from that Power Rangers top they um, sported earlier on for their away games this year, and they've decided they're going to allow them to be a, a traditional um, match against Frio's home jumper, yet back in the 2013 grand final, we um, never got extended the same courtesy and had to wear an all-white strip against the Hawthorne yellow and brown. And uh, it's funny, when you look at the two, they uh, don't clash at all, yet you know, when we play another side like Sydney, the, the red and purple, it's um, yeah, we, no one wears a, a clash strip there, so... It is funny how they can uh, bend and change the rules for certain sides, yet we seem to uh, get the raw end of it. But, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's always free. Uh, you're always playing the victim, aren't you? And this yeah, it's we always, are. Uh, <laughs> it's a victim attitude because we get treated like it. Well, you guys are, like, the side that's, I don't know, the AFL's experimental side. <laughs> <laughs> you want to shift uh, an away game to somewhere else? Got to be free. That's us. Wear uh, a different jumper? Got to be free. I don't, I don't actually like Frio's current jumper, by the way. I think it's rubbish. And I think Port's jumper's rubbish as well. So take that home, Port people. <laughs> well, can I get your thoughts on the Hawthorne Power Rangers away strip? No, uh, the Hawthorne oh, Power Rangers jumper is hands down the worst one in the league at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hands down. Awful, awful. Hands, hands down the worst. The only one that... the, the It's not the worst jumper of all time. Hawthorne have that as well, but... Um, the diamond one? Yeah. It looks like a jockey's <laughs> racing jumper. <laughs> I don't know who thought they'd approve that one, but that is hands down the worst jumper of all time. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so we've got... Um, we've apparently got no idea what we're doing. We've got the Freya and Hawks game to preview. We have. Now, we I've have read that um, Gunston's going to be uh, out. They haven't named the signs. That happens tomorrow, but... Gunston's going to be out. McFarlane hasn't been training all week, and there's a lot of expe- speculation on whether Crowley's going to come in. And oh, I think it's just a, a little media ploy because I don't think he's any chance. He's been training with the group only recently because he's been allowed to come back, and well, his suspension ends now, so he can play. But, oh, I think it's funny. I don't think he's any chance he's going to play at all. He's got. He, he wouldn't have any match fitness. Would he? he? He wouldn't have been able to play games in the waffles. So he'd be. When's the last time he's played a game? Ten weeks oh, ago, apparently. Ago. Yeah, yeah so he's forget it. It's, fit, it's not... but not match fit. So there's no Correct. way he's going to play. No. Uh, last no. last time these sides met, uh, round fifteen at Aurora Stadium, apparently. So uh, a bit of a difference in venue. Uh, last time they met at Subiaco, round twenty-one last year, Fremantle uh, beating Hawthorne by nineteen points. Um, yeah, as Seppo said, Gunston probably not going to play. Almost certainly not going to play, I'd suggest. Uh, apparently some umming and ahhing over the tall player selection, Seppo? Yeah, probably just all depends on how Hawthorne come in with it. But oh, I really think McFarlane is a, a tall defender we may not run with because um, he hasn't been training for a while fully and it's been a while since he's played. Uh, we'll probably back our tall defenders of Dawson and Johnson in and probably Ibbotson that can take one of the... Hawks taller guys when there's Gunston out it makes it a bit easier to probably make the decision not to play McFarlane so it all depends on what we do with the weather as well that you know bringing someone like Tabiner in that we dropped for that Sydney game but probably could have done with after the rain didn't come down and we expected it and we made two late changes in that game so um, I think if it's dry and 
um, Sunny. I think it's a good chance of Freo putting the extra tall forward in and trying to stretch out the Hawks' defence. Showers predicted in the morning, Seppo, 23 degrees, so probably some cloud, I'd suggest. Uh, the game isn't until 20 past 6, though, so plenty of time to dry up and and get moving. Look, here's my concern with Fremantle. It, they just they don't score high enough, in my opinion. They don't score enough to be able to get over... I mean, having watched Hawthorne absolutely smash Adelaide, um, my, my concern is that they won't... Uh, the, the Dockers won't be able to contain the Hawks. Oh, I think everyone's been reading a false form line on the Hawks after that performance. I went to that game last Friday night and Hawks did look good, but Honestly, the pressure that Adelaide put on was Carlton-like. I think it was um, just not giving a whelp, and I think Hawks just had that much easy uncontested possessions and no pressure on them. And the way that they played, I think Freo are going to play like the Eagles did and getting up in their face. And I think the Hawks players have said it even this week that Freo is one of the, the, you know, the big pressure sides, and when you play against them, you, just, you don't get afforded a lot of space. We've got guys like Ballantyne that have just had a huge amount of time off that's coming back in. And when you've got Main and Walters, it's not going to be the same as what Adelaide put on. And we've got the week off, so we're going to come out firing. So I think the scoreline's one issue that everyone talks about, but I think Hawks are going to be limited space not be able to score a big one. So this won't be a, um, a soccer scoreline result in the end, but I think the, we'll get the, the win. The bookies on the AFL website, they have uh, the Hawthorne at $1.60 and Fremantle at $2.40. It's pretty interesting odds. I would have thought it'd be a bit closer than that. Yeah, that doesn't seem to reflect uh, Seppo's opinion of Fremantle. But um, Mike, there's some value in Freo then. Mike, you're supposed to be uh, unbiased here. What's what? What are your thoughts on this? It, it's going to be interesting because Lyon's going to have to come out and play a very very tight defensive game. He he cannot. Fremantle cannot go into a shootout with Hawthorne. It's not going to work. So Lyon is going to have to go back to his defensive flooding type game and choke Hawthorne's goal scoring opportunities with the right matchup. So it's going to be interesting in terms of where Freo can get the goals from as well. Um, they are going to need their forwards to fire. Um, is Pavlich actually playing this weekend? Is he a chance to play or not? Yeah, definitely. He's be absolutely fine. He's... um probably in better shape now than he was earlier on in the season, yeah. so he'll be good. But we do so, need someone else out there, and I think that Taberner was probably the missing link against Sydney while we didn't score too well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I mean, look, it's if it's a low-scoring game, I can see Freo winning. Um, from that point alone, just being able to check up the for, check up Hawthorne's forward line and stop the supply. But um, if Hawthorne get the jump like they did against Adelaide, I think uh, Fremantle will be big trouble. Once 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 Hawthorne get that run on, they're very they're very hard to stop. Mm, I, th- I think uh, f- for mine, I think Hawthorne are going to get over Freo. I, I hope Freo do win, but I think Hawthorne might pull this off. I don't think it'll be easy, but I think they will. I just I think I just I have a bad feeling, Seppo. I think the stats show that if you get the home prelim after a week off, I think you're 90% of the chance, well, there, really. So I think if this game was played at another venue or Freo had to play the week before, I wouldn't be so hopeful of it. But I think our preparation to this final series and this whole year actually has been measured and calculated. And I think it's probably put us in the best position to be able to beat anyone, really. So I'm quite quietly confident to be playing on uh, our terms with our home crowd. I think that factor alone is huge. All right. Well, Friday night, we're going to find out. The game starts at 20 past six if you're in Perth. It starts at 20 past eight if you're in the eastern states. It starts at 10 to eight if you're in Adelaide. Um, And, you know, other times if you're in other countries, I guess. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. We're going to move on to the West Coast game, but before we do that, who the hell is clicking away in the background? Mike? Must be. Jeez, the microphone is sensitive. It's picking that up. It's been picking it up for the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, and I've been, I've been sitting there trying to figure out who to blame for it, and I'm just want, I'm watching you <laughs> I'm watching you talk, and I'm hearing the clicking, and Seppo's thing isn't lighting up at all. So it's you. Knock it off, there buddy. There we go. It's me. <laughs> What are you doing? 
No, I'm just clear. I'm just trying to bloody clean a whole lot of crap up in some documents. So just pointing. Oh, okay. And cut and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sitting there going, you must be like, I don't know, what the hell are you doing? Anyway. <laughs> Getting we... RSI, pushing the mouse button. <laughs> we're going to move on. To get Missy on. Uh, we're going to move on to West Coast and North Melbourne, which is, of course, the Saturday night game. Starting a bit oh, late. Gentlemen. Starting earlier, the Saturday night game. Uh, as well. Messi. You oh, on? hang on. What have I missed? Well, we just covered oh. the Hawthorne Freo game, but tell... Are, are we live? Are we on the air? <laughs> we are. <laughs> you missed the Hawthorne Freo conversation. Well, no, right? no, no, no. We'll, we'll get... We'll, I'll insert his uh, his thoughts into this. <laughs> insert my thoughts? That's my right. God, sounds like a, a boarding school bloody initiation or something. <laughs> Mess, since you're here now... Tell us why you think Hawthorne are going to win on the weekend. I'm not not entirely convinced they are, to be perfectly honest with you. I think history says that teams that win qualifying finals and uh, and have the week off do very well in, in preliminary finals. So I think Hawthorne being um, strong favourites is probably not giving Fremantle nearly enough credit, um, the credit they deserve uh, for, for what they've done this season. But if... Uh, if Hawthorne are going to win, they have to score and score heavily, and, and that'll make it very difficult for the Dockers. But uh, I think it's a much, much closer game than the bookmakers think it will be. Mm, the bookmakers have you guys favourites at the moment, Miss? Yeah, uh, I, I, I disagree. I think Hawthorne should be rank underdogs, really. Oh, absolutely. In fact, if Fremantle lose, I mean, it would be one of the great travesties, one of the great, one of the great choke fests, frankly, of, uh, of AFL football. I just, I just, I have this feeling that uh, it's going to happen. Though I have this feeling you guys are going to get up. I just... No, I don't think so. Well, I'm, I'm not, a, not as confident. Not as confident. We'll see. I guess, like I said, we'll see uh, Saturday, uh, Friday night. We'll know. Friday night, even. That's why I said Friday night. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> good, good thing you're doing the preview. Yeah. <laughs> <That's not bad>. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on to Saturday night, finally, and uh, West Coast have got North Melbourne in the other game in Perth this week, and uh, this one, West Coast clearly favoured by the bookies, uh, a dollar twenty to four eighty. So uh, the game will start at five forty-five. What do we know, guys? You'd almost say it's a foregone conclusion, wouldn't you? And when you when you look at the uh games that uh, West Coast have played at home. I think there are 110 free kicks in front. I, 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 for a yeah, stat, they're plus one hundred. They're going to win. <laughs> 110 frees uh, in in the uh, in the uh, black, so or in, in, in uh, favour. So yeah, going to be very very hard for North to uh, have any chance over there. I think North oh, are going to have a similar result they did against. Sydney last year where they did well to make the prelim and caused uh, um, you know, a bit of an upset with um, Sydney going out in straight sets. They did that to Geelong last year. So oh, I think they've probably ran their race North Melbourne in this final series. And I think West Coast at home, just for the same fact as I mentioned before, for Freo, a week off and at home is huge. So it, it, it is funny how uh, the Hawks and North both come off wins and some people give them a chance, but I think uh, West Coast will touch them up quite easily. Yeah, I, I think West I, Coast will yeah. slaughter them. I, to um, I just, I just think North Melbourne's forward line's too big. It's just too big. Running Petrie, um, Petrie. Who's the Carlton guy? Wait, <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, and um, and and um, and sideshow Bob in the one same forward line. I, I just think it's problematic. Over yeah. there, and the ball hits the deck, and and off they go. I, I think this is a better North Melbourne team than last year, but I, I think West Coast could really get hold of them in this one. Like they could really make it this a uh, bit of a bit of a bashing. Mm, I, I think they're and for the Eagles, they're really naming their strongest side of the year. Yet they've done a lot of this year without some key defenders. You know, McKenzie going down and probably missing a lot of the year without. Um, yeah, I can't remember the other taller defender they've they've been without, but they're doing quite well with a smaller defence line against some of these bigger tall forwards. So you, you think if they've got it just all this shows you how well without... they, they 
sorry, it just shows you how well they're defending as a team, doesn't it? Mm. When they can miss such key defensive guys. Eric McKenzie was a very, very good player last year, and uh, and they've not missed a beat. Mm. So I think it'll be fascinating to see the <laughs> the All Australian ruckman against the guy who probably should have been the All Australian ruckman this year. Really? Well, I think you the really stats don't... showed that Goldstein was clearly the better ruckman all year. For year. I don't know if anyone's really got any stats that prove that Nat Neely was better, but Goldstein, in my eyes, was the best ruckman. I think even Sandland statistically was the second best ruckman, and Nat Neely's probably there just for his um, almost marks and point of the year attempts. I expect nothing less from a Fremantle yeah. supporter. Um, <laughs> who's going to win this game and why, guys? Uh, look, I think uh, West Coast by about 50 points. Yeah, mine. I think West Eagles. Coast by about 10 goals as well, purely <laughs> for the home ground and week off advantage. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a little more just. I think West Coast will probably win by six or seven goals, but um, I don't think they're going to be particularly troubled in this one. Yeah, I think 35 maybe. Yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Not supposed to rain. Be a bit cloudy during the day. Twenty four degrees predicted. Uh, games does start earlier. It does start at five forty five if you're in WA. Um, so don't miss out. If you haven't bought tickets already, you probably missed out. Um, I think it's sold out already. So it'd want to be anyway. <laughs> so, <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, if you haven't got your flights to Melbourne, you're pretty hopeless as well, even though Qantas are talking about putting on a 747, an extra 747 to fly over. Start driving. Start driving now. Yeah, hitchhike, whatever you got to do. Get the overland. Well, there, was even, there was even talk in the in the boards during the week of, of flying via Singapore Kuala Lumpur. Yep. Um, yeah. Because it's cheaper. And if you can so spend I mean, 14 if you're willing to plane. add an extra 20 hours of travel <laughs> to you... To your football trip to save a few hundred dollars, then you know it's that's like, probably not the best use of your time. But yeah, it's like Seppo was saying before, though you can just fly to Auckland and just get off in Melbourne and never get back on. That's <laughs> true. So, well, except they won't put your luggage on the thing, will they? No, so you, have to so take, you don't take any on. luggage. No, just carry on, just get off. How it's an easy way to do it. And I've heard they um chartered a flight for all the North Melbourne fans to uh, head to Perth, and it was just a little uh, single engine Fokker. That made it across. Oh! <laughs> the old Fokker oh. friendship. They all flew over to DC3. The Victorian Fremantle Dockers Society. <laughs> <laughs> You're not careful. Met they'll, they'll met skip. in the front seat of a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for the grand final contract, you guys could be playing at like Cadenia Park next week. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Anyway, Mike Brady doing uh, doing some of the grand final entertainment this year. Is uh, mess. What's that? What? Mike Brady doing some of the grand final entertainment this year. Apparently. Oh no! Really? Oh, I knew you love that. I say nice. I saved that specifically for you. Will it be singing up next Mike? Probably. Well, uh, my view on the grand finals: unless you're there, you, the thing you do is you turn the game on one minute before bounce. Kate Sobrano doing the national anthem. Oh, that's all right. That's you, all right. Kate, Kate, at least Kate can sing. Kate Sobrano, uh, Mike Brady, Brian Adams. It's the 80s, man. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's, Isn't Chris well, guess, Isaac doing something? Chris Isaac? Well? He's 90s, yeah. though. Because a man standing there with a guitar is really the best idea in front of, in front of 100,000 people in a massive cavernous stadium. I don't know who this Ellie Golding is, but she's apparently performing as well. I'm not uh, up with. I'm all not up it with really this. needs is Daryl Summers to sing the national anthem. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John to come out in her koala blue kit. Yes, <laughs> the Seekers. <laughs> well, I'll hang a bit. How about Angry Anderson's uh, Batmobile? Well, I was saying the other. I was saying the other day. If it does turn hey, out hey, the hey. way. If it turns out the way I expect, and West Coast win and Hawthorne win, then it's a repeat of the 91 Grand Final, but this time at the MCG, and they should dust off Angry Anderson and the Batmobile. <laughs> and, and they should absolutely bring out Bound for Glory. <laughs> absolutely. Because <laughs> I tell you what, I will be next week on the podcast, <laughs> that's for sure. A, a heartfelt victory is the Warriors' destiny. That's all. You can... 
you can live your whole life based on that. You could. You could. Yeah. Angry Anderson did. <laughs> he learned his right. lesson from the school of hard knocks. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and it made him strong. Anyway, uh, we could go on. Before we uh, finish up for the night, Brownlow predictions. You guys, Brownlow medal next Monday night? Fife and a canter. Fife and a canter. Oh! Well, he, he did... He, oh, did, he nearly... He took out the Coaches Association medal, didn't he? So it, is. it, it tends to be a reasonable indicator. Um, and he lost it by one vote to Hanbury in the AFL Coaches, I think, Coaches Association. I think the MVP won, but the Coaches Association, he fell one short to Hanbury. But I, I think I've seen a lot of different, um, like Phantom Brownlow, and I've even had my own count. Some people have five on 30. I've got him on 27. And I think there's probably only one or two capable, and Prittis might even be one of them, of getting close to him. So it will be interesting to see if there's anyone or how many he finishes on, because I think 14 is the last round. I reckon I've got him polling. So it will make it for an interesting night if he's um, around the 26 or 27 mark. You look at the around, odds, and I'm, I'm looking at sports bet now. Nathan Fife is at two bucks. Matt Prittis at 450. Dangerfield, formerly of Adelaide. At eight dollars, Daniel Hanbury at ten, Mitchell at eleven, Goldstein at fourteen, and pretty much everyone else well after the twenty dollar mark. So, what's Patrick Dangerfield going to get? Well, he's at eight dollars. What he's going to get is a Geelong jumper. <laughs> Geelong jumper. Well, <laughs> I, I hope they force him to the preseason draft and he ends up at Brisbane. Oh, that, oh, would, no, be, I... that would be funny. <laughs> well. That would be you funny. know, this this is this is the thing. They there's no reason to have unrestricted uh, restricted free agency if nobody's going to use it. No, just saying, the Crows are going to try and force him to stay, and if he doesn't accept the offer, he can walk. And he goes into the preseason draft. He ends up at Brisbane, and I'll laugh my ass off. <laughs> that 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 will be the funniest thing ever to that happen. That will spend the end of uh, free agency if that happens. I think that that will be the end of <laughs> restricted free agency at least. No, no, no. This, but this is they sign, the players association signed up for this, right? Yeah. And and if you, and if the idea is that free agency means that I can do whatever I want whenever I want, no matter what I want, no matter when yeah. it is, then what's the point of having contracts? Yeah. Now we've got people who've been two years in the league. Tom Boyd was tried to behave like a free agent, and the bloody club let him. So no, you know, the AFL let him. him. The AFL. No, yeah, the, the, the Giants led him. The Giants said, essentially, oh, they rolled onto their back and said, please don't hurt me, and said, you can go. Uh, well, they should have said is, no, no, you've got another year. You can stay, and then we'll discuss it next year, if that's how you feel about it then, which is exactly yeah. what they should do with Cam McCarthy. But anyway, back to Dangerfield. Restricted free agency is exactly what it means. You, you have a restriction placed upon you. And if Adelaide think they can convince him to stay, or they can force a deal out of Geelong, then that's what they should do. Well, they're within their rights. What's that? They are within their rights to force him to the trade. That's it. That's it. Because what's the sequence so, of events? You've got the restricted free agency period where they can match the offer of Geelong, and then you've yeah. got the um, trade period where they can not negotiate a trade, but then go into the preseason draft. Mm. So they've got three chances to negotiate a deal, I think, for that one. <laughs> It'd be funny if it goes all the way through. Because, I mean, what they could really say to Geelong was, we want your first round pick this year, we want next year's first round pick. I think that's reasonable. I think if they just well, get a late I mean, first round of like 16 or 17, whatever we were mentioning before, it's probably a bit unfair, but... Definitely um, and, and for what other players have been going for these days, his market value certainly, if he, he went on the open market, he'd be um, getting a lot more than just one first-round pick. And he's better, and, that's, and, and, that, and that package is better than the compensation they'd get from the AFL. Yep. Yeah. What did Hawks, so, or what did uh, Melbourne get for Frawley? Or was that cancelled out three. by? No, they got, they got a... Yeah. They got, they got, in uh, that case, Dangerfield's worth three first-round first round picks. 
Well, I mean, it's you know, Dangerfield's what a top top five guy in the league. Yeah, I've had him comfortably in the top ten. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I you know, off the top of my head, I mean, yeah, you could say top ten, that's fine. But um, yeah, Hawthorne, yeah. So if you're going to have compensation picks, and again, my argument is you shouldn't, because it, you end up with pre-season drafts on stupidity. But you know, this is. This is if if this is the system you've created, then this is the way that the clubs can you know assert their uh, assert their rights and, and say to Geelong if you really want him you can give us a couple of picks for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, but so you know that the, the uh, sorry, I was going to say you know you know the compensation is crap because you look at what Melbourne got for Scully and Frawley, you look at what Hawthorne got for Franklin, it's so outbalanced. But this is the interesting thing about restricted free agency. It's restricted. Burby says, "Oh, we won't. We can't. We can't say he has to stay because he doesn't want to stay." Well, I tell you what. In the NBA, when they do this, you'll have this player and he says, "Oh, I've signed an agreement and and my heart's with this team and I really want to go." And then the club says, "No, we're matching you staying." And they say, "Oh, well, I'm staying." You know, fifty million dollars is fifty million dollars. I don't care who gives it to me. So Has that actually happened yet with anyone that's wanted to leave in the AFL. In the AFL, yeah, no. yes, it did. yes, it did. There was one case, I think it was Both Hawthorne Carl. Buccaneer. No, it was actually we're going back to it. Was the whole Hawthorne Buccaneer thing? Yes, Hawthorne the free took, agency has come no, out. No, it wasn't. It wasn't free agency, but it was. Just, look, it was a similar situation where Buccaneer said, "Look, I don't want to play." Hawthorne went to get an injunction to stop Buccaneer from playing, and then he came back. No, he was allowed to play. In the waffle because the waffle was not in direct competition with the AFL. Mm. Yeah, but he does he did he leave with a contract in place though, or did, or did Hawthorne simply refuse to clear him? I'm not clear on what the, the circumstances were there. No, Hawthorne refused to clear him on his last year of his contract, so he he effectively could not play for another AFL team or VFL team, but he was cleared to play for the waffle. Well. Mm. Anyway, guys, moving on to what you're looking forward to this weekend. Mike, your highlight for this weekend? I'm going to take my boys to the show, so (laughs) that'll be my highlight, storming through the crowds. I don't think there's much much in the way of footy on this weekend, is there? (laughs) Yeah, well, you've only got the Melbourne Storm for the only big sporting event in Melbourne, so two prelims played in uh, Western Australia. It's going to be a, a quiet, well, plenty of people out and about then, probably not tuning into the football or... Obviously going, so maybe this show and other events on in Melbourne. Very Look, very quiet. I'll, I'll watch the Hawthorne Frio game um, on Friday night, but I'm, I, I think the West Coast North game is a foregone conclusion, so I won't even bother with that. Yourself, Messi? Well, I will be trying to watch it. I'll be in Queensland, unfortunately, on Friday night, so I'll probably have to watch it at about 11.30 at night because of these anti-Diluvian Queenslanders. But... <laughs> For those of you who are in Melbourne, I believe the VFL Grand Finals on this weekend, and you Who's should playing off in that. That would be Box Hill and Williamstown playing mm-hmm. off. I actually went down to the prelim final at North Port Oval and watched uh, Box Hill get up over uh, over Sandringham in one of the worst umpired games I've seen in my living memory, and uh, also unfortunately uh, witnessed one of the greatest boilovers of all time where the Box Hill Development Squad who had gone undefeated through the entire season uh, had won their final got to the grand final and then lost the grand final by the golden point rule oh. and lost the grand final by one point to Williamstown oh, wow. and the now, fact that this is the second time in three years that the Box Hill Development Squad have lost a grand final by a golden point to Williamstown that's terrible. Now, is this Williamstown, uh, Williamstown, the other side playing off against Box Hill in the grand final VFL? Is that their first chance at a flag for a while? Because I don't know the history of the VFL, but it's been a while since they've been up there, haven't they? I'm trying to think when Williamstown... I mean, Williamstown are a very long-standing and very strong VFL club, and they've been... I'm just trying to think how long it's years, been since they've been... Years. Mike, they were aligned with the Bulldogs the bef- before they went... Out on their own. When did that alignment stop? Twenty thirteen. 
Uh, yes, it was. It was 2013. So, so we went uh, with the BFL for first uh, first year back last year. So, yeah, 2013. And before that, they were aligned with Collingwood. I think they were originally aligned with Collingwood in the um, when that that process started. Geez, it'd be a while since Williamstown's won a flag, and I'm sure somebody will chastise me in the boards this week for not knowing. But, not like um, knowing like when Adelaide last played finals. It's um. <laughs> oh, who gives a shit about Adelaide have played finals when? Yeah, yeah. who knows? <laughs> who knows? I don't know. Oh, I haven't seen them play a final in years, Adelaide. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, look, it's uh, well, Box Hill have obviously been up and there and about, but uh, uh, Williamstown have been very good all year. So we shall see. But anyway, if you do, there is some football and some good football in Melbourne this weekend. And you could get down to, I think it'll be at Eddie Head Stadium this weekend. So get down there. It's always a cracker. I think the, uh, what, Port Melbourne Hawks, was it last year, or the Bulldogs? Who played uh, that? Yeah, Footscray, was, beat Footscray beat Footscray. Footscray, Footscray won the, Footscray won the, uh, there. But the other thing will be that the TAC Cup, I think, grand final has been played as a, um, as a, curtain uh, raiser. Curtain raiser. And Oakley Chargers will be going for a back to back. There we go. Fantastic, and that goes back to two thousand and three for the last Williams Sound flag. Yeah. Oh, so there we go. Quite a while ago. All right, my highlight is um, obviously for this weekend watching my own side play off to get a crack at the flag again, and I'll be going down to my uh, favourite Frio pub in Carlton to watch this game, and um, there'll be plenty of other Frio supporters. We've kind of overtaken that pub as our home base in Melbourne, so there'll be plenty of Frio supporters there, and I'll be looking forward to it. And so- Hurling abuse at the umpires, and I think uh, they've already <laughs> named the umpires you there. You won't, just... you won't have to hurl abuse at the umpires because they'll be there, they're playing for you. Oh, I'll be As feel like I'm right there. If I've got a crowd of WA. supporters, it would just feel like I'm a part of the crowd, and I'll have my, have my chance to boo any decision and not be berated for it amongst all the uh, pleasant Frio purple company. So it'll uh, feel like I'm right there at oh, the game. Oh, it's a. It's, it's like yeah, well, you have a safe word. So everything's all right. Everything's okay. There's no mean Victorians there. How many of you are there? And how many Fremantle supporters go to these things? Uh, we probably have about fifty to sixty supporters there on any Freo games. So. That many? Each crowd? That yes. Many. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, yes, I'm, I'll unfortunately be watching it from. We're trying to watch it from Queensland, which will be marginally easier than watching it from Greece. Which I did last oh, year. So absolutely, bloody hell! Anyway, I pick these times to go on holidays. Yes. <laughs> now, if by chance that Frio and West Coast both make it through, do you reckon the uh, AFL won't be happy with the the fact that two West Australian sides have, have made it in there and? Probably now with the uh, grand final public holiday in on Friday in Melbourne, that's going to uh, cause a couple of issues. And well, look, well, they won't have any trouble feeling the stadium because most of the people who go to the, the game don't care about it because they're all you know corporates who've got tickets in competitions or exactly. you know, from their suppliers, and they'll get plenty of people come over from WA because and they won't have any trouble selling those tickets. Well, a hundred thousand final parade, <laughs> yeah. The grand final parade, this the most ridiculous public holiday ever declared, and I reckon you'll be able to fire a cannon through through the Melbourne CBD on that on that day. And Seppo, you and your fifty mates will all be lined up there, and you can all you'll have front row. You'll, be, you'll all have, you'll have have selfies with Nat Fife, and it'll be it'll be fine. But yeah, I, I think well, I part think... of the thing with sorry, please go on. I was just going to say, going back to 2013 when it was Freo Hawks there, I think the Freo supporters outdone the Hawks by probably three to one ratio right through the whole town. So obviously a lot of the um, locals were probably still at work at that day, but I don't know what we'll do to try to attract more people to the crowd and make a bigger day of it because I think there's going to be a lot of businesses and small restaurants and things closing up shop because they refuse to pay you know double double time rates for a lot of the people. So... <laughs> Maybe it is a good thing that they're actually interstate people over and tourism might actually help sort of fill some of these joints, but I can imagine it's going to be a bit of a ghost town, like you said, for a cannon down some streets. Well, well, a couple of things about this. First of all, a lot of the people who go to the Grand Final Parade are people who actually work in the city and they won't be working 
because it's yeah. a public holiday. Exactly. The other thing too is that, and for those of you listening from outside Victoria, while the new Victorian Premier promised this a while ago, this public holiday was not actually gazetted until about three or four weeks ago. So we didn't even know if it was actually going, this public holiday was actually going ahead till three or four weeks ago. And those of us who, you know, have businesses that employ people or work for businesses that employ people actually needed to know whether we had to open or at what rate we would be opening to pay people. Mm. And it's utterly ludicrous, utterly ludicrous. It's a shockingly organised public holiday and utterly unnecessary. But, um, yes. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Grand Final Parade. The game itself will be the same. And, and ultimately what you want is the two best teams for the season playing off, don't you? And mm. and if they've won, both won prelims and they've finished one and two, it's hard to argue that they're not the two best teams. All right. Well, here's, here's something I want to know then. If both teams, if, God forbid, there's a draw, what happens with the replay? With, with, two West Australian, with two West Australian sides coming over, will the AFL opt for a replay? They, they haven't changed the rules now. No, oh, I know that, but there's going to be a lot of bitching about it. Hang on a minute. Wasn't, isn't the replay only for the grand final? Didn't they change the rules to say that if it's a final, they will play the golden point rule? Not for the grand final. They no, 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 no. Oh, for the, we're talking about a grand final replay. We're right. talking about an all-WA grand final well, in Melbourne yeah. that's drawn. That's the rules. Yeah. Another grand final Melbourne. That's that's what it is. Yeah, in 2010, Andrew Demetrio said that the, the league could play the replay wherever they damn well wanted. Oh, can okay, they? But the MCC said, at, at the same time, there's an age article on this, the MCC said that it's a grand final, it doesn't matter if it's a replay or not, it must be played at the MCG. If yeah. there's a replay, I reckon the AFL might look at least into trying to play this thing at Subiaco. I'm just not... Sh- I'm just not... I mean, the AFL's very wishy-washy. They're not going to push it all the way to the limit, but I reckon they'll at least have a look at it. Oh, that's an interesting point. I, I just, I still don't think Subiaco is big enough at 42,000 to hold a grand final replay or not. I mean... Can you, can you imagine the bun fight for tickets? Can okay. you imagine it? Like, it would just be the most astonishing thing you've ever seen. If you thought ticket scalping was bad at the moment, that would set that it would be off. That would be... Um, Unbelievable! Is scalping is grand, uh, grand final ticket scalping is theoretically illegal in Victoria, unless it's authorised by the AFL itself. Um, and I say that because the AFL scalps its own tickets, really. And do a good job of it. And what Ticketmaster reselling? I think yeah. on tickets I've seen is just it, phenomenal. That tickets well, go on clubs. sale, and within hours there's reseller tickets for a markup already. There's no such well, a number of the AFL clubs though. are very good at marking these things and selling them at you know, the centre square packages and all that sort of stuff. Mm. See, and that begs the question, if the markup's going to be so high in WA, they might as well just fly back to Melbourne and watch it anyway. Oh. <laughs> I just... I don't know. Wind, it's an interesting question. I hope it, it really is, a, is. I hope it is a draw. I love it when shit hits the fan. It's, it's, oh, and it doesn't involve my team. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> be a long yeah. time before my team makes a grand final again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, that's uh, been our fairly lengthy uh, podcast for this week. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Messenger, for joining us late, but just in time for the Hawthorne discussion. No worries. I've been at the Melbourne show today, Mike, so I, I feel your pain in advance, brother. <laughs> Good one. Actually, Mess Gunston, he's not going to play, is he? Um, I doubt it. I doubt it. Look, I think, look, they, they, had, they, they made this mistake with Isaac Smith and, uh, and they should... And, you know, we talked about it and I didn't think he would play and they played him and he was half-cooked. Half um... And if he didn't train yesterday, it's hard to imagine he'll be right for Friday. But we'll see. Clarkson's pretty stubborn about these things sometimes. And um, I, Schoenmakers did enough. He did enough in the semi-final. Um, I think you're playing forward. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if, 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 um, if uh, Gunston played. Seppo, thanks for uh, holding the fort for me while I was otherwise occupied tonight. No worries. Uh, you got grand final tickets if your team goes? If we make it, I have a guaranteed cheer squad ticket and it's all sorted and 
paid and ready to go. So let's just hope we can get the result Friday. What if there's a replay and it's in Perth? Will you be able to get there? Ooh, I think I'll do everything humanly possible to do it. <laughs> Mike, uh, thanks for coming. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll be watching the football replays from, uh, from my armchairs at home. Oh, dear. Try to keep your players from giving away the game plan and other people. Oh, you? absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, hey, look, here's uh, some interesting news for Carlton. Jared Grant is an unrestricted free agent, so there is another quality forward <laughs> for Carlton to, <laughs> Carlton to sing. Yeah, it's all that hole that Lockie Henderson left. Honestly, God, right. if we try and build our list through free trade, I'm going to go to Melbourne fly to Princess Park and burn the place down to the ground. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They have no place. You know, know, delisted free agents maybe, but they they have to be building from the draft, Carlton. Have to. There's no point having appointing him for five years and not letting him build the list if you're going to try and do it, take the shortcuts. So, give him his fair go. Let him build the list to what he wants. Agreed. That's yeah, I, I swear I'm fed up with the club taking the shortcuts, but that's another win for another time. Um, we will see you all next week on the forums, guys, but uh, and maybe even Monday night if I can be bothered doing a Brownlow podcast. Well, yeah, Brownlow podcast? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. You can just do it with Seppo. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be doing, I'll be doing yeah, the live, I'll be doing the live thread on Big Footy, so uh, I might call call it the Five Cast. There <laughs> the you go. Cast. I'm happy. <laughs> we might we might do the last half an hour or so of the of the Brownlow. Surely the Nat Five thing's got a little bit of the Luke Darcy's written all over it, doesn't it? The Luke Darcy's. He was he was un, unbackable favourite for the Brownlow. They're at his house, they're all sitting around him. <laughs> And he lost. Well, they've already paid out on five, haven't they, some of these people? So. That's all right. Some of the bookies have already paid out on Hawthorne as premiers as well. Yeah. Uh, and they did it like three months ago. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Could Prittis win back-to-back Brownlows? <laughs> Come oh, on. Unbelievable. That would be hilarious if he, he does. He, that he, would be hilarious. He's, the, he's second in the odds, 450. He's not that far behind. I reckon I, I reckon Dangerfield is the is the dark horse in this one. I really do. Dangerfield would be embarrassing to Adelaide. Given no, that, not really. Not given really. The, I, I think the league even wanted him to hold off his uh, trade like, trade request announcement until after the Brownlow, so he actually turned up as a player of a club instead of belonging to nobody. He's <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the long table. <laughs> can't we be? But can't can't. Um, as a as a league, can't they be more mature about these things? This is going to happen over and over again. He, he, and, you know, this whole, oh, he's not really leaving yet. And no, no, he hasn't discussed anything with anybody. And it's all, you know, he won't talk to anybody. Well, come on. I mean, you know, this is what agents are for. And it's all sorted out. And it's all discussed and negotiated. And, you know, this is this is what happens. But the Brownlow, is... your, your, your tables are assigned by team, aren't they? Like, you're invited as yeah. part of the team. He's going to end up sitting at a little table by himself near the toilets. No, he's going to sit with his with his teammates he, for the season. He doesn't have any teammates now. Yes, he does. What if his teammates played... don't want to sit with him? Why wouldn't they want to sit with him? Well, they're not teammates anymore. They might feel betrayed. Why would they feel betrayed? Because he's leaving them... I'm not but, sure. but why? But this this happens all the time. Is my point. This is this assumption that everybody like rubs gravel through their hair and sits themselves on fire because because their teammates leaving. They just say, "Well, you know, you're going, and best of luck." And can you lend me fifty bucks? They need to set up Adelaide on one side of the room and then Geelong on the other. So he walks from <laughs> Adelaide table, picks up his medal on stage, and just. <laughs> Heads exit stage left of the Geelong table. No, no, they need to put the tables right next to each other so he yeah. can just lean over. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that right. note, okay. we're out of here, guys. Thank you very much all. Thank you. See you all next week. Thank you. See you all next week. Good night, ball boys. <laughs>